It is Saturday, the 16th of October, 2021, and this is episode 403 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I'm Chris and Ian is here, of course. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, Christopher. Uh, yes, we have moved into afternoon. <laughs> uh, my afternoon snooze, being an old man now, uh, turned into a sleep, didn't it? So apologies for that. Not that it matters to our listeners, but uh, I know you've been hanging around a bit. No, not at all. I've just been um, getting things ready and looking forward to the rest of Techtober, as it should now be called. Why? Uh, Apple event Monday, Google event Tuesday, Samsung event oh Wednesday, DJI have got <laughs> you know three weeks worth of product releases. Wow! Uh, and I'm and I'm probably missing some things in there. So it's like yeah, Techtober is coming. There you go. So all the big news coming up. Um, but today we're going to start with some Facebook sort of focused news, and and I guess <clears throat> we've been seeing it coming for a while. But there's uh, you know. There are some serious, well, I say there's different angles of people coming along saying Facebook and Instagram are bad for kids' mental health. Um, and it doesn't help that a Facebook sort of, um, I guess, commissioned report said, yeah, actually in, um, in teenage girls, they do have a worse uh, body image sort of uh, rating as it were if they're using Instagram to if they don't so so basically they're saying by using the application they have a lower uh, self of body uh, self esteem and body image impression than they would when they don't use Instagram um so facebook have been busy basically saying hang on a sec you're overstating a part of that report we don't think that uh, that that's it's as serious as you're saying i think you're overplaying that and also we're trying to build instagram kids for um for for sort of building for for you know to specifically address some of those issues and uh, you know other people as well they've, they've actually put that on hold while they address these concerns that people have um but th- yeah w- the question is is an application that's designed around kids designed to protect them a little bit more a better idea but keeps them in infrastructure or do you just let them continue to use adult uh, instagram which is say is shows that they they potentially is having a mental effect issue uh, and i think difficult to know is is the answer i mean i think so facebook i think are chasing the market because the market's moved you know kids are you know snapchat tiktok less so and i think instagram is still obviously a huge platform you know very much less so um facebook um so it'll be, it, it's an interesting one it's, it's the fact it's their own research see if it was a third party i think you would have seen them being really you know quite cocky around you know rebutting it and saying this is all the rubbish here's all the things that we're doing to protect kids and the fact it's their own research coming out and you're like mm. so <clears throat> you know and who knew, you know, if you if you just start from scratch, someone is building, so a random person builds an app that is designed to share photos, yeah? You don't see or think when you're developing the app, I'm going to have such a wide-reaching effect on potentially someone's state of mind and well-being. 
it doesn't come into your head. You just want to know how do I put a picture up there and how do I share it around? And then, you know, okay, they've put social on top of that, which is how do I share it to my friends and show them what I'm up to? But it doesn't ever sound like it's going to get there. So it is, you know, there's an element of this is how the platforms ended up being used. And there is that degree of they force and, and, you know, not force they use psychology to get you to use that app more and more, you know, the, you know, to, to like follow and share and, and certainly see the best of other people's lives. That's what it kind of, that's what Instagram's turned into, uh, which can distort what r- real life is. And to teenagers, they can be particularly sensitive to that, but so can adults. I think it's, you know, underplaying it to say that it's just teenagers who get affected by these things. However, in, you know, insert, magazines insert tv insert advertisements insert uh, movies and cinema and all of those same things have an effect on teenagers state of mind and self you know self-worth self-esteem and, and have mental mental issues this argument is not new but it is now focused quite in you know you know really really focusing on facebook particularly it's not new but i think the effect I was going to say chilling. I think it's, it's more powerful, you know. So, so, so it's like bullying can be amplified, you know. So, if, if you think about, you know, getting bullied at school, you'd go home and, you know, have a bit of a refuge. You know, if I go back to when I was a kid, and that was the, you know, crap at school, and come home, and it was, it was, it was, you know, better days. Uh, not anymore. You know, it's just relentless. You know, and that's that's the potential around these platforms. And you're right. You know, you what started with, you know, Flickr, Instagram. What started with Twitter. No, they weren't. They weren't out to, you know. They weren't out to obviously, you know, the the negative side of things wasn't why these platforms were built. But people have realised how powerful it can be, and have used it to their own advantage. You know, whether that's a, you know, whether that's a local campaign. You know, try to do good, and you know, I don't know, you know, stop a, a new horrible building getting done, or you know, try to fight some planning permission things, um, or trying to, you know, you know, doing some social good, whether it's you know, you know, food or looking after people, but you've got the opposite. You know, you get the opposite where, you know, you'll see, you know, you'll just you'll just see the rise of the kind of, you know, I guess it's I don't want to just say it's right wing. I think it's all all types of extreme on on the edges of, you know, politics. That in the past I think you'd have to go out your way to find it. You know, you'd have to go to, you know, I need to you know physically go to some sort of you know local meeting room to go and hear about the latest left or right wing thing that's happening. Not anymore. It's just everywhere, and that that's that's part of the challenge that these platforms have got. How do they? They don't want to police it, but they need to. You know, there's, there's we we've we've we're moving more and more and more. It has been ever since the internet was developed towards that kind of the day when someone says, "Yeah, we're going to regulate this more," and we've already reached a degree of regulation that people probably wouldn't have seen even ten years ago. So, yes, uh, and you know, it doesn't help that sort of um, an ex-employee from Facebook says that it you know it harms children and weakens democracy so he's come forward and said that you know they've known that inside of facebook for a while and who knows the background to that leak and that sort of that information but but nevertheless i still you know the the you take away facebook and instagram or even just take away the internet it doesn't solve the underlying problem so it's easy to attribute entire blame to the internet and its various services that, and and you're exactly right it does it somehow there is something mag, you know it's magnifying the effect in some way but it doesn't solve the problem and ultimately we have to get to the bottom of you know how do we give people good body image uh, you know without 
you know, again, taking away Facebook does not immediately mean they will all have good self-esteem, body image. Um, uh, just no, that's, but, that's not the, it's not the case. No, and, and other platforms will just step in. You know, so the focus is all on Facebook. But if they either got their, you know, got let's just put this, if they got their house in order, or people move to another platform, you know, it just moved to somewhere else. It's not, yeah. you know, it doesn't society's not going to change, you know, and that's why you're right to call out, you know, TV, cinema, particularly magazines. You know, for ages I've done this. I heard it all through, you know, X years of my life. All, you know, it is cinema is giving, you know, movie stars are giving a bad uh, image of, you know, to, to, to young teens. Uh, you know, magazine covers are all these sort of, you know, 13 to 15 year old magazines and all those kind of things. That, all those like, same arguments repeated. Uh, and now Facebook is the the sort of center of one. But you're right. It, it's almost because it comes with you everywhere. And magazines, you know, once a week or whatever, once a, a month. And, and this is just everywhere all the time so there's definitely advertising effects one thing is interesting is that obviously the u.s are coming forward and saying right we need to get u.s congress and whatever involved in that regulation but the internet is not the u.s and th that leaves an uncomfortable feeling and that's where the difficulties arise right you you would know what nobody wants us and their set of you know values defining what the, the values of the internet are that that's not going to work and it you know we discern we have different different levels of uh, regulation over here than they do over there and in some you know some areas they're a lot looser and some areas they're extremely tight in areas that we just won't wouldn't ever understand um you know just how their they their conservatism and their republican Demo democratic sort of um leanings go i do uh, wonder if the agreement with i think it was a hundred countries round um you know, like the, the, the kind of corporation tax that we're going to charge these digital companies. I wonder if that's the kind of start of, you know, almost like a global set of rules. Because you're right, you can't, you know, I think quite rightly, these companies will turn around and go, well, I can't, I can't, you know, meet one set of regulations in one country, one set of regulations in another. And, and there needs to be a broad agreement around how yeah. that you know, I mean, managed. how do you how do you square that circle? You know, we've seen plenty of stories recently about American, you know, um, their kind of end of school. Uh, I I'm, I'm having trouble with words today. End of school um, sort of uh, picture galleries for, in, in, <laughs> that they have. I can't remember what they call them now. Yearbooks is what they call them. Um, and how they've been by some schools have been putting modesty filters on on girls photos in those because they defer find that they found that top just a little bit too revealing or it showed a little bit of cleavage or whatever happened to be and and, and that kind of level of it's not healthy either either and so it's not tr but trying to get the right person to do the right job of balancing off this decision is exactly is not I mean, easy. You, would you watch china to set the rules you know so it's like you know you know so it's like it's almost like pick the poison you know so linkedin have pulled out of china you know, so Microsoft have shut down LinkedIn apart from they'll show job adverts, but the actual social media type platform is is gone, which is a huge move. But I think it's just it's just the pressure some of these countries are now putting you know, there's another one and again, our show notes today are packed. You know, there's another one that I'd I'd kinda of left out where Apple have removed a Quran app in China. And it was the biggest in the world and and it's China saying, Yeah, but what it was spreading was was wrong. It's like wow, it's the Quran, you know, it's not spreading anything, it's a religious text. And the fact that Apple 
agreed to that, I think shows you the fine line that these companies are treading now. Well, yeah, it's the difference in cultures of a global scale, and they're, they're, they are vast and different. Uh, but to show how complicated and difficult this whole situation is, <clears throat> take the fact that Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram all went down the other day, and not just down temporarily, they were down for a good, what was it, six hours or so. Um, and how important that downtime, so for some people it was just, oh, I can't access Facebook and Instagram. For companies and small businesses, that, uh, especially in developing countries, that was the end of their business for six hours uh, and there was no revenue coming in during that period, no sign of when it was going to come back, no sort of, uh, it was, it, <clears throat> they didn't know what that meant. And it shows how these things are two-sided. Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp are so integrated into everything we do that we've, you know, that it has these mental health issues and, and we say, well, let's get rid of it all. But if you get rid of it all, you also destroy quite a lot of the economy. They're saying, I don't know, some lost 4.4 billion of revenue, yeah, yeah. something I mean, like that over the, over the period. I mean, you're right to call it a small business. I think the ones are, you know, it's like in the Far East and Africa, you know, WhatsApp is, uh, there was some stat around 90-something percent of financial transactions, you know, digital transactions are now getting done through, you know, WhatsApp and, and, and the kind of back-end broker systems that Facebook have put together. So it's like, you know, if somebody turned off, you know, the whole of the UK's, you know, um, you know, banking network for the day, it, it would be, and, and that's and that's where, that's the power some of these companies now have. So yeah, and, um, and we've already heard how our governments use WhatsApp all the time for communication, talking between groups and different people. Gov what, did governments stop in that six hours? You know, if they're so reliant on that technology to have their conversations and talk and share, how, how does that work? You know, it, it, there's a bit of laughable, you know, it's a bit extreme, but I, I think there is an element of that. Uh, and it was also at the same time as the whistleblower was on the US Senate. So some people were speculating, but it was like, there's no way. There's no way that they'd, they'd taken that down. You know, so some people were saying they've taken the network down to kind of deflect away from what was being said. And it was like, mm, don't think so. I mean, the, there was people, I mean, kind of live tweeting. And it was interesting that Zuckerberg and others were having to tweet because they have no other platform. Um, yeah. But but seemingly it was such, you know, they've, 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 they've secured their network in such a way that they had to bring in some um, tools to actually get into the server room. It actually locked them out of their own server room as well. So pretty, a pretty devastating update. Yeah, and because we, we, should all... say, we should actually say this was a, this was self-inflicted. This was an update that went wrong. Yeah, they tried to update their kind of backbone, their internal network communication system, and that basically had the effect of stopping the internal communication system. But that meant that no one from the outside could get in. And unfortunately, with remote working or whatever, that meant that all the people that would normally log in to solve those problems couldn't get in. And therefore, and, and like you say, the actual building had physical protection on it, which was, you know, hard to get through. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there was a bit of, bit of uh, yeah, an interesting one, because, again, it's probably one of those scenarios, oh, that'll never happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, so we, and we do a bit of that. You know, we do a bit of that work around the, you know, a bit of scenario planning and let's throw a scenario and test it out. And what would we do? You'd go, you'd do this and do this and do this. But, but you, a lot of the time, you don't know until these things happen. The good thing for Telegram was they added seventy million users in that six-hour period. Twitter is now going to allow you to remove followers without actually blocking them. Obviously, if you block someone on Twitter, then when they come and have a look at or try and have a look at your profile or tweets, it says this user has blocked you, which obviously can 
actually you know exacerbate issues when really all you want to do is quietly drop them from them following you and you can now do that they've kind of changed the way you do it as well to make it a bit more usable for people with sort of lots of different followers so they can go to the specific user they can click on the uh, three dots and say remove this follower that follower can suddenly spot that they are no longer following an account but that that's you know whether that's it's, it's still a softer way and a less immediate way than saying this user has blocked you so that is something that we've seen this week uh, you know sounds sensible to me it, it, it does <clears throat> and there was lots of people particularly probably and i don't know it's a lot of journalists were you know you know news reporters were all like finally I think they yeah. just get so much abuse, you know, and they just want to like, and rather than going into blocking and then you're in that world of, well, I'll just create another account and just do it again. It's like, it's almost like there's now a, I'm unfollowing you and also you're just shouting into the void. You know, it's like, I don't need to see or hear this. Uh, I got an email from Twitch the other day to let me know that they had uh, reset all my uh, streaming credentials and whatever um, oh, because of their data leaks and stuff like that. I think they sent that to everyone and they said out of a sort of a heightened bit of caution. Um, and yep, they basically, they have now confirmed all. It has been confirmed that their source code was taken. They've got data lost around creator payouts, which has been confirmed by some of those creators. So how much people are getting paid for being on that platform. And and also some software was taken um, that allows um, Twitch themselves to sort of check that they are secure against sort of attacks and hacking. Um, so, yep, not a, not a good look, I'd say. Uh, no, I mean, it was 120 gig of data. <laughs> it was a lot of data. Um I don't know what was more. You know, the, a lot of the Twitch streamers, you know, I expected a lot more of them to be up in arms, but most of them were just like, yeah, that's what I earned. You know, and, I and, mo <laughs> and most of the news stories were Twitch is taking 50% of their earnings. <laughs> you know, That was kind of what most... The reporting wasn't really old data's been stolen and, and the people got in. It was very much more crikey. Look how much Twitch are earning from each of these people. I, I also interesting that... Um, because I still see it as a gaming streaming service, but a lot of the big earners were it was like you know, you know politics and some other things. You know they just built up a big audience and um, Twitch. Twitch has become really easy to you know do that paid subscription and you know follow along, um, which obviously what that's what Twitter's starting to chase now as well because they've seen how easy they've made it easy they've made it and how much money they're making through it as well yeah you know, that is where and, and equally you know um as much as all those news reports well oh, it's taking half of such and such as earnings by doing this well oh, but without the platform their earnings don't exist it's uh you know so and they obviously there's an extreme amount of data flow and, and underlying infrastructure supporting all those platforms so um yeah i mean when you look at an app store and <laughs> i guess maybe 30 percent sounds more reasonable when you think 50 percent for twitch but say that platform is entirely the reason that those people exist you know it really wasn't a thing until twitch came along and turned it into a you know you could make money from playing games and people watching you um broadband switching is due to be made easier under new rules in the uk um so whereas you've been able to sort of switch providers uh on the same kind of if you're on copper and switch to another copper provider it's been easy for a while um it's not easy to switch say from um sky on copper to then go to talk talk on um fiber or sort of maybe go to virgin um to to have your in, in, internet and and they're making the rules change so that companies must make that happen. 
They're also making it so that you only have to talk to the person you want to switch to so that you don't get the massive sales pitch when you try and leave the company that you want to be removed from. And they're saying this has all got to be done within a day. And if they don't do it within a day, then you are um, due some um, like compensation. Yeah. So similar to the kind of, you know, gas electricity market. And I've just recently switched um, and it's not very well. And, uh, um, not good timing. But- uh, well, it was it was just one of those. It was it was. I mean, I'm saying it's not went well. It's kind of half went well, but I'm having lots of hassle just trying to give them my first, you know, gas meter reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual doing the switch was is is what's said here. You know, I contacted my new provider, said I wanted, and they were like, "We'll take care of it all," and they did. Um, I did actually have my old provider, but phone me up just to understand why I was going. <laughs> and as I was explaining, it was like, I, "I'm going to give you a new offer." I was like, "No, you're too late." You know, and that's yeah. that's that's part of the trouble. You you know, they're happy to do deals when you've left or leaving, not when you're a customer. Um, so yeah, I, I, it it's sensible. I mean, it's been I think I've been now, I think it's been like ten odd years since I've moved. So I've just been virgin with all that time. So, but I know people still have to do that dance round. I'm phoning to cancel. I'm phoning to join, kind of thing. So, makes yeah. it easier. And they've made it easier in most other places. So swapping your phone, swapping all those other things is now is is a lot more straightforward process. And people are it's, it's not as easy to lock you in. But but equally, you know, it, the reason they try and make it easier is so that people do switch. But there is a there is a degree of reticence. It was a bit a bit like the bank accounts. You know, it's, there's provable data that once you've opened your bank account, that's kind of where you stay for the rest of your um you know your rest of your banking life um even though they've turned you know made all those systems easier uh, and i guess broadband is an element of that as well people hear the stories about how difficult it is to swap and then don't but yeah maybe this will have a discernible impact i'm sure um windows is going to open up its store to third party app stores um so effectively from what i understand you can correct me if i've got this wrong other app stores can have listings that appear when you search within the microsoft store and so you know effectively if uh, Slack or whatever isn't on the Microsoft Store, but it's in another app store. You you can type it into the Microsoft Store, and it will give you a link to how to get to that that application, so you can install it. Uh, to me, this is Microsoft um, almost um, doing the opposite of Apple. So they're seeing Apple totally trying to defend their. We talked about legislation earlier. You know, when you talked about like Facebook, you don't want you know we don't want countries legislating Facebook. So right now. Apple is losing case after case. There was one in the Far East. There was one in Holland this week. Um, you know, definitely America and EU are after them as well. And it's almost like defend the indefensible at the moment. Round round, we want to maintain this thirty percent, and and they believe they're in a good place to do so. Uh, and Microsoft have just went sod it. Um, other stores will be in the Microsoft store and the in the sorry Windows store, um, and they're not taking revenue either. So, it's, so, so, so if the, you the, don't use their payment application gateway, correct. then you can keep 100% of your revenues. Correct. Uh, and, and you know, obviously Apple are completely opposite. You're not allowed to use another payment revenue. You're not allowed to tell anybody that you could sign up elsewhere. You're not allowed to give a link to a website. Um, and you will use our payment revenue system. And if you do, it's 30% or it'll drop to is it 15% after a year of subscriptions or whatever. So there's a, a number of little caveats in there. Um, so so again, it's a real, I think it's going to be a really interesting, and, and to be fair to Apple, Google are pretty much the same on, on its Android store. Um, so I think this is Microsoft, you know, just saying, we're in a better place. Look at, you know, we don't want to be these guys. 
Uh, if you want to use, as you say, want to use our payment system, we'll take a cut. But if you don't, fill your boots. That's up over to you. And it kind of makes sense in that Microsoft's, you know, the history of it all and everything, it does make sense as well. So it fits in with their ethos. And just as an example, things like Discord, Zoom, VLC, TeamViewer, Visual Studio, they're all listed in the, you know, the Microsoft Store together uh, alongside other sort of web apps, progressive web apps like Reddit and Wikipedia, TikTok, Tumblr. So all those things that, yeah, just people just want to be able to use on their machine and Windows are saying, yeah, then come to our app store and this is, this is a one-stop shop for where to find all those things. And I must admit, the listing of the kind of web apps confused me in the past because it was like, am I am I downloading something through a store? And it's like, no, I'm just going to point you to a website and you'll download from there. But it still is collecting that one place for Windows. Um, it's just the fact that, and it was, was it, was it? Yeah. So Amazon and Epic Games um, have have joined. Um and it is open to Steam as well, and I think they're talking to Steam. They did say there was a, there are exceptions around games at the moment, and purely, yeah, I yeah. imagine, because of the Xbox, you know, um, Game Pass and stuff like that. I'm sure they're using it as leverage. But yeah, Steam, I don't think it's on there for now. It's not. And you're right, it's a really complex set of probably negotiations going on around... Because for, for ages, the Microsoft games weren't on Steam, and they all now are, so there's... Like Game Pass games, you can buy them, and you can buy them in Steam, and they do really well. You know, people do. You know, I want that game, and maybe Game Pass isn't you know effective for them. And I and I think you know, Sage so Empires is coming out in the next couple of weeks, and again, I think that will be on Steam as well as on the Microsoft Store. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it, it does become, you don't want to cannibalize your own uh, people and, and really you'd rather use it as leverage to get them into your Game Pass Plus or, you know, you know like side of things. And, and it um, is on Steam. I've just thought, I just thought I'd double check. You know, and, that, and that's where they have, I think Microsoft have changed under the, you know, what the three, four last year's direction has really went, you know, we want to be in every platform. We want, we want to be as open as we can be. So... Brace yourself for Amazon news. Amazon had a September event and there were quite a few things they announced. Um, so the first one was a very competitively um, advertised or, or priced um, thermostat, smart thermostat. So along the, um, along the same lines as Nest, but this one costing $60 to install rather than Nest, which comes in as like $130 odd, I think. So, you know, getting on for half the price of that, in fact, under half the price. Um, uh, yeah, and and I, you know, whether it's a loss leader or something to get people into their systems, that this is the, these are the you know so many of these different sort of home environment hubs all working, um, and I guess once you start going down, like Google Nest has got all their sort of supporting and infrastructure. They got their doorbell, they got their security lights, they got all these other products that and alongside of their um, and obviously all the light bulbs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean. <sighs> Uh, does it come with limitations? I, I couldn't sort of work out from the stats. Whether it's, just actually... very, it's just very basic, you know, so I think it's just a, a really basic, looks looks even, you know, basic from a design point of view, but it's it's cheap, you know, and, and for a lot of the time, see if it's reliable and it works. Happy days. Because if you remember um, like when Nest first came out, it was like the, it was like all chrome and it was like, you know, it was like an Apple product that was really well designed and it got, and, and you compared it to the CAC that had come from, you know, I guess like HVAC providers and, you know, boiler providers. It was like a horrible white panel with like crappy LCD. Cause I remember going in and setting all the stuff and you had to go and 
top, 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 you know, yeah. press, 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 and I've got an S now, and it's it's pretty damn easy just to go and update it. Or and again, the thing itself doesn't look that bad on the wall. Um, so yeah, and, and it, so it normally gets you inside their infrastructure, and and we're going to be hearing quite a few of the things that run now, especially the security side of that. So they all come with monthly subscriptions to enable you to store and use Power of the Cloud and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it is quite important to get people in and it seems like thermostat is one of those things that people, yeah, we much prefer these smart thermostats and that sounds like a really good idea for now. Um, Amazon Echo Show 15. So this is another one of Amazon's screens that's designed to be there and to play some music for you to show recipes. But this one is, instead of being a kind of enhanced speaker with a screen attached to it, this is a screen you're supposed to shove on your wall. And it is a 15-inch TV, basically, 1080p HD display. And they're kind of obviously pushing it to be put into communal places because they're sort of showing off the fact you can have things like to-do lists and calendars and other lovely things. You know, if you imagine what we use fridge doors for and post-it notes, that's what they're trying to emulate here. Interestingly, half the screen you can use for what they call these widgets around that kind of social planning for your family um the other half is actually completely taken over by amazon's own today sort of uh, screen elements so it's not entirely free for you to choose what goes on there um and i don't know about you i think a lot of these amazon products we're seeing seem to be stretching um where you know that that kind of smart speakerish thing that we've been getting used to so I was really interested by this because I just I just think there's something there. I mean, it's got a <clears throat> camera as well, so it's just something there around. You know, I'm sitting I'm sitting in my home office right now. I don't have a telly, and I, I, you could argue like the screens that I'm looking at. I'm surrounded by screens, but if that was just sitting there as a another device, just playing away, I was like interesting. And again, the widgets interesting. I just think there's something there, and. It, You'd said about you know Amazon stretch, not not maybe stretching credibility, but they're they're trying to find all the extremes. Reminds me of Samsung, you know, maybe like six seven years ago. Every time they did a show, there was like here's thirty, twenty, thirty different phone sizes. We don't know which one's going to work. Here's our five point one, five point two, and five point three yeah. inch phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they were the first ones to really push into the big phones, and that was the one that won. You know, there's yeah. a Samsung Note, and then they they obviously stretched the Galaxy out, and it forced Apple. Apple, for two years, I remember all the reviews were saying, you can still only get a small phone, you know, from Apple, and then eventually they brought it the Because that's all you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what Amazon's... I mean, so Amazon, I think, you know... And again, maybe we should. Maybe I'm just going to say this, and it'll be like, that's not true. I think they really started the smart speaker market themselves. And if you look at the R and D spend, they are like two to three times what everybody else is doing. They are, you know, spending they've, money. They've always been, they've already been well. They've also been accepted by people. Um, as yeah. in, so many people I know have an Amazon Alexa in their house at some level. Um, whether it's every room for some people with like like me with their automated lights or whatever, or it's other people have got it, you know, hooked up to various things. But they, it's almost because of the price points they pick. Uh, it's it's almost a no brainer that you try it out, you try see what see whether you like it or not, and that's almost that's almost what they've done. And now they're trying to figure out how do we become a permanent fixture in the house and actually be more useful. And adding the screen obviously added that use. Um, but it's again, it's it's Amazon, it's Amazon gated in that you know things like if the, if you want a recipe and one of these 
use of these screens is to have them in your kitchen ready to bring up a recipe but it's only within the ones that have signed up to that kind of amazon service or uh, hooked into right. alexa you're right and, and when it does support you know so you can get your you know netflix and hulu and, and it just said others and i've talked about other app support is coming and, and you can use it as a picture frame you know again which i thought was interesting because Again, I'm surrounded by static pictures. You know, is that something there where it's rotating every hour, change picture, change picture, change picture? So there was, I, I, weirdly, there was something about this that I was like, "Ooh, I'm interested," which My, I didn't expect. But digital picture frames seem to be a thing for one Christmas and then went away, right? So it's, it's, just, a, it's just because this has got multiple, and I'm just like, "There's some." I just think there's something here that, and again, it might work, or I'll absolutely flop, and they'll just they'll just move on. And we did say on the first show that actually the screen size being so small was kind of limiting if you were trying to follow a recipe or watch a YouTube um, video because uh, it, it, they YouTube came back, right? I think they got them back, YouTube back on so that they were stopped or prevented from using YouTube at one point. Um, but yeah, as well as hanging on the wall, they are saying there will be other mountable options. There were questions around the uh, wire that pops out the bottom of the screen. It's not clear and they didn't answer whether that was actually wall. Um, you know, could you put that inside the wall? Is it rated for that? Um, and they didn't answer that question. So at the moment, it looks like you do have to have a wire poking at the bottom of your um, screen, but they are offering different mountable forms. But yeah, so as well as um, that, they're talking about uh, Alexa now recognizing to respond to sounds and detect occupancy in the house. This is something that Google have done in the past um, or, or do with their, <coughs> with their um, home speakers. But this is a way of detecting who's in a room if something's happening is there something turned on you know that maybe shouldn't be um yeah ultrasound occupancy is what they're calling it, or ultrasound occupancy routines and i thought it, i mean so something that is hitting scotland first and maybe only will hit scotland but we're we're we've got a law come in next february which is basically every house needs to really have at least three smoke alarms and they need to be connected and yep. need a heat alarm and you need your co2 monitors and it's amazing how little smart choice there is around it you know you go into amazon and you look around at products and it's like the nest is a smart one that will trigger off alerts and there's one other and that's really it um and i did think you know if you've already got a system and it was firing off a fire alarm wouldn't it be great because because where you want to know is when you're not in you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Christ, you know, something's happening. And if this could recognize it and then alert you separately, I thought, quite smart. Yep, there's definitely that angle. Um, certainly, <clears throat> if the things are already there and active in your house, um, especially when you're not there, to be able to listen in and see if someone's there when you weren't expecting them to be as well is an interesting, uh, an interesting angle to take. Um, Amazon Glow. Uh, it's a video chat gadget. Um, it was being used, I think, for sort of, you know, remote working and office sort of things but they turn this into a kids product where uh, it has a projector built in so the it's a, like a device that sits on your table it has a screen that's up front so it's designed for video conferencing um, but they've put a, a projector on there because they're designing this for kids and they're saying kids aren't interested enough to talk to adults for any length of time so by putting a game screen on the table in front of them uh, and enabling the two to play games together um this could be a way of actually having kids um sat in front of a a video conference screen for longer and the person on the end can stick an app on their fire tablet or on on a ipad or other android tablets so there's going to be an amazon glow app uh, this seemed weird i mean i looked at that and i was like okay um it just seems another one where 
they must think there's enough market there or they're putting something out there because they've got the tech and they're saying, let's see if this sticks. I, I don't to... think it'll be popular, but... <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe it keeps the kids talking to granddad and grandma a bit longer, but who knows? Um, in You know, the idea of projecting, a, a top projecting screen onto a flat surface as well doesn't really help when you do have to start interacting with that flat surface because obviously your arm, as is even displayed by the picture that we got in our show notes, blocks off all the content. We've seen plenty of times people have said we're going to project... Uh, keyboards onto the the table in front of you so you don't have to carry a keyboard around but you can still use a full-size keyboard but as soon as you put your hands over the keyboard you can't see the keys anymore because then they're, they're on top of your hands rather than on the table uh, and I, I don't think that's solved but yeah they clearly think there's enough of a market here to try and catch up on it but you do like you say need to have both ends of the conversation so granny and granddad who's trying to have a video conference needs to have the app installed and know how to operate it to send that app through to the um you know the device Scattergun. I don't think we're going to be seeing that too much longer in our lives. Um, however, uh, home surveillance drones, maybe. <laughs> so, um... just, so this is a weird one because I announced it last year, and I and I just yeah. thought it was some, it's, it's almost like they've turned into Google. Well, I announced all these things, and half of them come out, and the rest, you know, you can go and find pages for like all the Google I/O stuff that just never never turns up. But they've they are you can now sign up for it, and you'll get it in the next. I think they said in the next month. Um, so there's a there's a kind of it's like a special invitation they're doing around this, so you can you can apply. Um, it this seems this just seems odd um, to me. But so this device will is designed so when you're out of the house, so it is designed for when you're not really there. It will fly around your house and search for things that it finds unusual or out of the ordinary or to a program find you know there's noise happening or whatever so it will fly around and it once it's happy that nothing's going on it will go back to its dock i guess it's a way of having um you, you know it, 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 i think well another example they gave was if the doorbell goes or it hears or it has a sensor that says a door is opened it can fly to that area to go and you know grab some video footage of what's going on um, it's a way of having a device in every room without having to have a device in every room. That's what I found quite interesting. So that's one thing it does. It's quite a cool futuristic type gadget if you take that thing. Do I think it's going to be popular? I'm not too sure it will be, but it's uh, for me, this is far more interesting than the, the robot we're going to talk about a bit further down the line. It probably also doesn't work with stairs. So you no, it can't, it can't go upstairs. You have to have one upstairs and one downstairs. Which, which, as soon as I read that, I was like, it's a Dalek. <laughs> They've got a Dalek. <laughs> wouldn't it be, on a video conference call, wouldn't it be cool to have a little drone fly in behind you, monitor the room, and then fly out again? I think that'd be a talking point. That'd be the only good point at the moment. It'd be quite funny if it was doing it and then it smacked into your head. So although the, the, propellers, <laughs> the propellers are actually shrouded. Um, the, but... They are saying that the people signing up at the moment have to sign up to certain agreements, which is probably, yeah, if we smash your TV, sorry about that, but it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, no. But, but it's I, a 1080p camera. Um, it fires out to the ring app. So, so, and when I, it's in its dock and sitting at home, when you are there, it ha its camera is not active. Its, its microphone is not active. Or it, I, I might be over-speaking that one, but its camera cannot see because the camera is physically inside the dock. Yeah. only Well, it's one of those. I've said it only records when it's actually flying. So it only records in flight. And it makes a noise when it's recording as well. 
I'll load your well, obviously, it's, well, it's obviously flying, so you know how noisy drones get, isn't it? So that's going to be... You, you can't miss the fact that it's actually flying around. But yeah, that one more interesting to me than Hey Disney, a custom voice assistant coming to Echo Devices in 2022. I think, is it being built for actually Disney resorts to help people out in Disney resorts? Is that right? But you can also, I think it's also coming to home as well. So you can, you can, you can, you know, buy it for home and also get some Mickey Mouse ears for your, your, your tablet and stuff. So of course you can. It's, it's a, it, again, just smacks to that you know scattergun strategy but then i think to be in disney resorts because disney is very automated you know i've seen from people that go how you know it's your you've got your you know your wrist thing and you're tagging this or i want this you just go bump, 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 bump. they've made it really easy just to buy things and it all gets charged back to you so this will be another you know here's how we can make you know the room interaction you know if you want to turn the lights on you know, just probably yeah. see a few things and and you know off it goes and they've talked about so yeah ordering new towels or finding out where when the parks open and what where can i get food etc but yeah like you say you can have it from home as well although you can't have new towels delivered to your room at home so the, um, so the, the, the next two just just to in, interrupt your flow the next two are interesting because it's all around um like alarms next three actually so it's like a ring alarm pro with a security system and a needle router there's a ring video doorbell and then there's a blink doorbell as well um, and all video cameras and the reason I just wanted to jump in there was we've seen this week in the UK that somebody took their neighbour to court over privacy with a smart doorbell and cameras and they've won. And, um, and these things are being pushed heavily across social media and and you know google are pushing them all the time amazon are pushing them every time you visit anywhere they are hey get a ring doorbell and get a security system for your home and i've so i've i've, I've kind of redone my i've got a mesh wi-fi system in, in home now and i get fantastic coverage around the back garden now i'm getting 300 meg out in the lane it's like it's like geez oh um so next on the list was to sort out proper outdoor smart cameras just to cover it off. And for the front, I was like, maybe I should just get one of the doorbells because you're, it's just not as obtrusive and it'll record what I need to see. But but I think, and, and we should maybe caveat the, the um, when you look into this UK court case, it looks like, you know, the, you know, the cameras were overlooking, you know, her garden and her area. So... So I think it said that it was obviously covering his, uh, you know, garden or whatever, but it did have an overlooking view and therefore also included part of her garden. She was upset that it included audio recordings. Uh, yeah. That has now it is an option now to turn that off. But again, as the judge said, even though these settings that are there doesn't necessarily mean they are configured that way. Uh, and, and out the front of the house, it could see her driveway and her car and when her car was in and out of the driveway. And there were the things that were particularly upsetting to that uh that you know the complainant and and she won that case because yeah it was considered to be an overreach of privacy for this person next door to know all that information or and not even that he cared about that information it was just the potential that this was being stored logged and recorded without her consent uh, correct and it was a ring system as well so it was ring doorbell and as you said um i think the, the guy had kind of done up his house put all this tech in was showing the neighbor and she was shocked um, and at the time, you couldn't disable things like recording audio. Um, I don't so think all neighbours would react the same way. 
for example. Uh, I think no, people would have it, different views and different, you know, it, actually, it oh, that's good that you can check my garden as well if, if exactly. someone breaks in. It, it, I mean, it depends. And, and again, the problem is you probably can't tell because at a distance you just can't see who can see what. Um, but I'd like to think that, you know, you're obviously going to get some slight overlap or things like that. But, you know, nobody's out to, you know, nobody's, you know, I'd certainly like to think nobody's out to kind of snoop in what I'm doing or snooping, you know, on my But property. equally, it's surveillance culture. And, and one of the things is whilst it comes with advantages, it does come with downsides, which is, you know, your neighbours have that information about you and, and it's it would be up to them to share that with police or whatever it happens to be. You know, police could come along and say, I want that information. And it, that information is there when, when the, you know, it, it does come with downsides, all this recording of data, you know, but I think it's part of our everyday life and it will be. And whilst we're hit, seeing court cases, it will kind of balance things out a little bit, maybe. It'll be interesting to see how the marketing goes for it now. But uh, certainly I think they'll have to enhance their stickers on it saying, make sure that you are not recording, you know, something that is not your land. Although passers-by in the street, I thought that was fair game anyway, given that, um, you know, this is public space, but I, I'm not sure on the exact legalities. I, of all. I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure either, because there was a time when I certainly was talking to a colleague at work who was insisting that you had to, if you've got a camera, you had to make it clear you were recording. Um, and it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you do because I'm looking around at all these homes that have got cameras now and they've done nothing. Um, but but back on the Amazon bit, the video doorbell it made me chuckle as well. Ring are finally getting package alerts, which <laughs> which considering it's owned by Amazon and they're probably generating what 60, 50 percent of packages. But some I huge would, figure. It would be horribly more than that probably. Oh, I don't because I, I was going to go higher and I thought yeah. no, surely not. It's hard to know, just, isn't it? Yeah, I know because you're like, is it? But, um, but yeah, if, if, if the friendly Amazon chap leaves a, a, a package or any package, so it's any delivery, you know, company, you know, if they're leaving a package now, you're going to get a, you're going to get a little... Um, Never really used to be a thing for us, did it? You know, it wasn't common for a package to be left on your doorstep, but since pandemic days, that is how they're all done now. They literally just knock on your door and leave it. So I got one yesterday and, and I mean, I stay on a main street and we don't have a porch and they just dumped a... I don't know, three and a half foot high box, um, out the gate. They they chapped the door, ran out the gate. He was in his car before any of us had got to the door, and I'd actually got the thing saying we've left it at your porch. It's like mm -hmm. no, you've no, you've left it, you've left it in, in the street. The street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly they've they've definitely gone to the extreme of. It, hey, we might lose a couple of these things. We might get a few reports, but actually, it's better than us having to drive it around the town out of the city again to get to you so yeah. and you touched on it so something that's becoming quite a trend as i've looked into these cameras are yes we're bringing these things but these things also cost money so they're usually subscription services upfront costs and then ongoing subscription services for the monitoring the ai the uh, making sure that everything's recorded rather than having to store it all locally uh, so yeah they're all coming with these kind of uh, you know 30 pound a year 100 pound a year maybe 200 depends on what kind of package you want and what kind of recording you you want to do uh plus all obviously bandwidth usage if there's anything along that so if your internet provider does meter you it will so, start so, chewing that up well one of the worst ones so i was looking to arlo because arlo gets gets really you know well recommended but they've just switched um to basically you need to pay subscription to even get support from them which is pretty horrendous when you when you think it but no different to, I think, a lot of the, what I would say is the older traditional alarm companies have been exactly doing. Exactly that, yeah. So it's it, they're just seeing it as, a, you know, we'll, we'll help and support you. And I think a lot of people in tech are like, oh, where's this going? You know, it feels a, a slippery slope. 
And some of those subscription costs unlock things like the ability to train and teach uh, your camera systems what's going on where so that for example, you can show your garage door and you can say, when that opens, I want to know uh, if I see anything. If there's people walking in this area, I'm not interested because that's a pavement outside my door. But if they're walking in this area, I am interested because that's my driveway. So you can start teaching them that. And, and all these services offer different sort of levels of that. And a lot of them come with that subscription cost to allow that all to sort of be unlocked for you. And we've talked ring, but I mean, Amazon bizarrely, weirdly bought Blink um, four years ago, which was a Kickstarter smart home. Um, company and I, I still do have a couple of blink cameras and they, they work they work fine but they will get replaced um but it seems strange because they showed this in 2018 and it's coming out you know later this year early next year so i don't yeah. quite know why the delay i also don't quite know the amazon strategy behind having ring having blink and almost again feels like they when they bought it they made an agreement to released to market and almost feels like it doesn't even though it doesn't fit it almost feels like they've had to do it for some reason or other yeah amazon also doing wearable i told you there's lots of amazon news wearable services and wearable fit, fitness devices um um yeah so i, I guess th these are equivalents to the kind of um Fitbit. Oh, Fitbit, that's the words. I'm sorry, I'm struggling with so, words so the, and stuff so, today, so, am I? So Amazon last year brought out this Halo kind of, you know, Halo watch type thing. And at the time, there's no screen on it. And people right. were like, oh, there's no, this is no big threat. But they've, they've basically so they've brought out what's called Halo View. It's got an AMOLED display. And it just looks like a Fitbit. I mean, it is, yeah, it's it exactly is, what it looks like. Yeah. If you looked at that, you'd just think, oh, it's a Fitbit. It, it is... I, I, again, it's back to that scattergun. We're going to chase, and it feels like they're chasing all smart home stuff really quite aggressively now, or things connected away from the you know they've they've not got the, the internet market. of things, the connected market. Yeah, but but it's almost like they've you know they tried a, they did try a phone, didn't they? At one point, they tried like a Fire Phone, and I think it flopped. So they've still got tablets, and they've still obviously got their Echo stuff. But to me. They, they knew they lost the phone market and they're just chasing everything else. I guess we saw we like like you said Samsung. We've seen this for you know for around the phone market, Google around the kind of services and product market, and now Amazon in the sort of hardware, internet of things. They that like say so they're firing their guns and seeing which one kills. And speaking um, of killing, yeah, <laughs> Astro. This is Alexa on wheels. So we said earlier on the drone was like having an Alexa in you know the alexa camera in every room without being there but this one is effectively a lexus lexus speaker on wheels it, it, when it's not using and it's got a screen as well so it's actually an alexa view on uh, on wheels and it will trundle around your house and i'm not sure what i i i don't get it i don't get it this thing's about say say two foot high something like that uh, and it can wheel itself around and it, supposedly it can recognize people. It can find people in the house. It can know who's in and out. It can answer questions as Alexa can. Uh, it's got a camera on its little screen, but it's also got a te telephoto camera. Which, or it's on a pole, basically. A big pole. It emerges a big from periscope. its head. Yeah, periscope. Because so yeah. and I, and, I, I read that at first and I was like, come on, surely not. <laughs> and 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 it's, it just looks bizarre to me that this thing will, you know, and, and that's so it can like, you know, it can see over tables and sofas and TVs and stuff. It can but... become useful rather than just looking at shin height at everything, yeah. Yeah, I'd, and and it's got a little caddy space at the back so you can little take like two beers or it'll take some... And I'm like, 
I'd, I'd it's weak source because it can't load those beers. Someone no. else has to put those beers exactly. into it before it can go anywhere. So it's, it is weak source. It's first step, isn't it, into this thing? Um, do we want these things in our houses? Will people buy it? We're talking uh, 1,500 quid, something like that, probably for this device. And it does look like a, a big Hoover, yet it doesn't do anything useful like Hoover. So see the th- so see and, and that's what I was going to say. So the way it charges is a bit like what these you know smart Hoovers do. It's got a little caddy station, so it works out where it is. It'll dock itself back in. Um, but see if it had like see if it was that plus a Hoover, you'd be like, okay, I can kind of get it. But see that on its own, I I just think this is bizarre. It is bizarre. It seems it seems a a device without utility. Um, because ultimately it'd be much cheaper and easier just to have a, an Alexa device in each room, right? Uh, that, and that's ultimately all it seems to offer at the moment. But I, I do actually think it's more future looking than that. They're trying to see how people work and interact with it because it, there is something futuristic about it. Yeah, I just, it, it seems like a device without a purpose right now. Um, yeah. And and I, I think if we go back to the Samsung kind of strategy, that. You know, I think we've talked about a number of Samsung things in the past that were like, why are you doing this? Why is there a 5.1, 5.2, 5.3 inch phone? And why has this one got a edge thing? And why has this one got a little... And it was just, what works? Remote monitoring, again, I guess is the, the, the key point there. It can mm. walk around your house when you're not there. But yeah, mm. uh, I say weak source right now, especially given that it's going to cost you 1,500 quid. Other people will do this better, uh, I think, in the near enough term and and one day there'll be good enough things where it can grab and it can open and it can do other things and maybe then it starts becoming a bit more interesting but well, and frightening depending on your uh your well, disposition you, to you home just, technology it was it was it was it spot was that dog which was, like it can go anywhere from the was it boston dynamics um and i've now started to put guns on them and you're just like right that was always the direction yeah, it was going it's right. why google let them go <laughs> you yeah. know Yep. But th- th- those videos, if you haven't watched the videos recently on YouTube of, of Spot and the other robots sort of walking around, dancing and doing whatever else they were doing, it is just incredible. Uh, it's proper future stuff, that's for sure. Uh, not more future stuff. The future is satelliteless. Um, Sky is launching its own smart TV. Uh, Sky Glass, is it? Um and basically you don't have a set top box there will be no sky dish uh, it will be purely um yeah internet based and it will have all your sky and netflix disney plus um on on it but interesting they're not just doing this as a set top box which you can plug into any tv it actually comes with a tv integrated so you cannot you have to use a sky tv um uh, for me that's not a long term decision they are just trying to scrabble back some you know, I don't know. In fact, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they would do it when TV market, there's people that do it very well. People have great TVs in their lounge. They don't want to have to replace that and swap it out with a, a Sky a Sky TV. Uh, no. I, I, and, that's, and that was where my head was at at first. It was like, well, I'm not going to replace, you know, the couple of OLEDs I've got in the house with that. And when I think they come out, is it 40, was it 43? 55, 65, you know, so that was, this, yeah. or was it 48? can't remember, that was the three different sizes. And it's thick, it's a thick boy. So if you look at all the TVs that have went really thin, this is like, you know, two, three inches thick. And what they're saying is, it's got the sound bar in it as well. So it's like, you don't need a sound bar, you don't need a sky box. Just buy yeah, this so one box, turn it on. 
so my amazing stereo system that I've got in my and TV cinema system and my amazing TV that I've got in my lounge to be able to watch Sky without a Sky Dish, you're telling me I've got to get rid of all that and put your. Sh- I was going to say a bad word then. Yeah, and 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 that's that's what it feels like at the start, and then as you go further down their page, they've got like a kind of Samsung and Sony telly there, and what they're saying is just have one in the house, and you can just get these little pucks that plug in. Almost like the kind of Google Chrome. But I don't Not want Google your TV. Chrome, the, I don't want the, your TV um, in my house. I've got yeah. I only I only need one TV. I don't want yours just so that I can play TV on my Agreed. Mine. Agreed. So I, I think it's an odd one. And <laughs> and I'm sure they're kind of placing some bets on for some people this will just make sense because if you're in the Sky ecosystem and well, lo and behold, instead of instead of queue and having to plug all these things in. I'll just buy one of these and it's all over the internet and I don't need a satellite dish. I get it. The weird bit for me is like if you go to Germany, Sky Germany have got they, they do TV over IP and it's yeah, just a little a little box. There's no need for them to put this into a TV. No. It's like it's like the iMac being, you know, there's there's no need yeah. for them to lock that iMac screen down to just being yeah, it. But, but, they, but they, they are it. just trying to lock you into a system, a component, something they know that you'll want to upgrade uh, year on year um, to different models, so that they become they still locked into that ecosystem rather than opening it up to you because obviously that that weakens their position. So it is a pure business decision, and it's not a very good one from my perspective because actually it reduces my likelihood of getting. I, I would, you know, be more interested in Sky IP if it was actually a little set-top box that you could have. And, interesting. And I, I, I agreed. And the tech in it, to be fair, is, you know, th- there's big claims there, you know. So it was the the, the screen, you know, is is really, you know, good spec. It's not it's not like a cheap screen, allegedly. Um, Dolby Atmos as well. Um, but even Sony, you know, they muck up screens all the time. No, I, I know. They get know, them wrong and they're, you know, and so I why totally would agree. Sky get it right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other bit that was odd is they're bringing Connect to it. So they've ah, done okay. a tie up. They've done a tie up with Microsoft, and there's a Connect like Connect like box going to be available on top, which will give you a camera, but it'll also allow you to do gesture control. Mm. And I'm like, this, this, I don't know. It feels like a, it feels like this is what should have been four years ago, and and then we've moved on again. It's uh, I, I, again, you know, is this is this the is this the Comcast influence coming in? You know, are we seeing a very different? Com- I I just find it strange that that you know you can get your SkyQ box here and you get your SkyQ minis that all work off either Wi-Fi or wireless around your your home, but in Germany the same company will allow you to download all your telly over IP, but not in the UK. And and the only option to do that is to buy a telly from them. Yeah. It just feels odd. Well, especially so most of their HD. Well, I, I could be misspeaking slightly, but a lot of their um, very high def uh, content is actually streamed anyway, even on the yeah. Sky Q box. The, so the it's QH, not like it's the, yeah, the QHD. So all the 4K content doesn't come over satellite. Yeah, I'm not sure whether they've got one or two streams for things that are live. I'm not sure whether yeah, they the have last, a difference there. The last I looked was all Sky's 4K was was actually over internet. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, I can't see it working. But then again, they've they they've got clever people who know how to lock people in, and 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 probably will do some good deals. And if you're a new person looking for a TV that haven't got one already, maybe it's a maybe it's a way in. And and they're really pushing the marketing it is everywhere, you know. So okay. something Sky aren't shy about is you know getting behind a, a new product it is everywhere. Well, they lost a lot of customers during you know lockdown and whatnot. Um, uh, 
another product, HTC um, Vive Flow. This is their VR um, product, $499. They've been kind of pushing a kind of corporate side of things, but this is more for home um, home users. And they've kind of they made these VR things that, that you look like a Marvel um, superhero character when wearing them because they're kind of like, if you imagine what sunglasses would look like if you extruded them on a 3d package so you took a pair of sunglasses and <laughs> just stretched out the the glass goggle bits uh, they're, they're saying they look sort of more natural and uh, normal but you just you end up looking silly even more than just a full-size headset for as i can tell but they're saying it looks cool I, i'm not seeing it looking cool it's like it looks a bit <laughs> odd to me and 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 they get what they're trying to say because if you look at the quest or you look at you know they look at the you know Vive and Oculus they've all you're 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 strapping on a big lump yeah. of plastic, but this is a big lump of plastic with some sunglasses at the side <laughs> you know sunglass stems it's just odd looking <laughs> and bizarre. and and the picture I've put in is is probably one of the the clearer looking ones. There's other ones where it looks like a kind of big golden bug eyed, you know. You know, that's what your lenses are at the front. It's it's just odd. Um, and interesting, and not... the, the specs on it aren't that high either. Um, so no. the, the refresh rates are quite low, which was actually one of the deciding factors on some of the newer headsets. have got higher refresh rates, which makes it more comfortable to use for longer periods of time. And these don't have that. So, so the interesting bit is it seems to be their big thing they're going for is weight. So this is really lightweight compared to every other set of um you know vr goggles and i'm just trying to see if i can find the weight in all this text and i can't so i can't be asked and that's fine that it's it's <laughs> light but it's not like you can just tuck it away and put it in your pocket is it so and they, and everyone said in the pictures they're also seeing an external box which not sure what that's plugging into whether it's a bit of external computer yeah. power or something else so it's not like you're just carrying around lightweight goggles with you no, you've got to take some infrastructure with you as well and I think what they've always said, but is that these were always for the home. You know, they're not. They're not. You know, and again, we're, we're trying to we're trying to paint a picture with words, <laughs> yeah. and, we're, and we're not doing a very good job. No. Um, you know, but the, but the weight difference is huge. So they're 189 grams, and the Quest Two is 532. Yeah, so that's a significant difference. Yeah. So it feels like that's been there. And I guess they're they're doing you know they've they've done had the Vive for years and the Vive's a big you know clunky bit of kit that actually you know straps properly on your head to to support it. Um, no doubt they'll have got feedback from people saying yeah this is great but it's too heavy I feel hot I'm sweating. Is this them trying this is to the do to the? That, yeah. Is this them trying to say we can do something different but the compromise is is what you've said. It might be there's computer battery elsewhere. It might be that the the tech's a couple of years behind where Quest is. Yeah, well, and it's definitely looking at that Quest market, which has scooped up an awful lot of present and gifting market, um, which the full VR sets would never do because it's too you know you're too reliant on a computer. But the Quest has definitely been a good Christmassy type gift, and this is definitely heading into that market. And we'll find out next month. So five hundred dollars out in November. Dolby Vision is coming to Xbox Series X and S. So in addition to the HDR10, um, there this is an additional sort of standard that allows games to potentially look better, better still. And uh, I believe an update is also out for our TVs. The is it the LG sort of screens for the proper full refresh rate around Dolby Digital Vision as well? 
I I hadn't picked it up, so I know the brand new LGs have had a, an update and they support this. I the, the last I saw was that there was a there was a kind of beta firmware that somebody had. Oh, maybe that, it's just coming soon then. Yep. Yeah, so I think it's coming soon for the last year's LG. But um, and for people that have tried it, they're saying they actually thought it was slightly better, more improved HDR, and Microsoft certainly were making a big, you know, made a big splash about it, and there was a hundred a hundred titles for the X or S. Um, that will support Dolby Vision right now. I'd be interested to know how it ends up looking because obviously Dolby Vision in movies often makes the it makes everything a little bit darker uh, than you would naturally have. And in gaming, I quite like having a bright screen to be able to see uh, rather than having things too shrouded in darkness. So I'd be interested if if you could do the back to back comparison between this is it on and off. I'd, I'd be interested to see what that looks and, like. And you could and you could do it right now. You know, so you could if you set your screen to six hertz. Um, you could try it right now. It's just the the update we're waiting for is to get all that goodness at 120. Oh, there you go. So, uh, to be fair, I probably won't even bother. <laughs> but if I was a proper tech podcaster, I would probably go, yes, I should do that back-to-back comparison. Yeah, uh, as I said, people. I'll let saying, someone else do it. <laughs> people, people seem to be saying that it's just you know they're just noticing what they feel is actually maybe even a bolder, um, improved looking HDR. Great stuff. That sounds good then. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, that trilogy, the original trilogy that suddenly never went away. This is uh, Auto 3, Vice City and San Andreas. They're going to get HD remasters um, as other, you know, they, they seem to be able to resell their games endlessly by remastering and, and updating the resolution of their games. And these are uh, next in the queue. Uh, they are, and they're coming out before Christmas. So, um, um yeah, the, not the problem they all those have is that you know Grand Theft Auto four and five were excellent. So it, you know, again, is there roast tinted glasses? I guess maybe some people want to go and revisit those those places. But actually, the the later games add so much and add so much depth that it's hard to go backwards sometimes. But I think they'll they'll sell anyway, won't they? Because they they get interest. Um. I guess they were slightly so. So what we're going to see is is improved graphics. They've talked about bringing in handling from GTA Five and bringing in some modern day. You know, what I guess what modern game modern day gamers are expecting from a title, which maybe these three older titles didn't have. Um, and yesterday they actually brought out the minimum PC spec and the recommended PC specs, and they're not they're not spectacular. Which is which is I think dampened a bit of the enthusiasm because I think some people were thinking, oh, it's Rockstar. They always push the boat out. This is going to be the the five engine, but playing Grand Theft Three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think what we're going to see is is you know because um, there was people talking about it was going to be remastered all in Unreal Engine Four and it was going to be X, Y, and Z. And don't, I don't think we're going to see that. It feels like we're getting some better textures and you know you'll get some better upscaling and what people really want. It's Grand Theft Auto Six, right? Did you? Did you? I mean, that's next up on our list, and it's but it's amazing how much content and work they're still doing on Five. Really, they still release stuff oh, all the cute. time on it. Uh, so they have certainly backed up their promise that they would maintain that game and keep it alive and and working away. It's not a game that we dip into that online element. You know, when you, I think it's one of those things when you hear it on paper, it sounds much more interesting than actually the reality of doing it. Certainly um, for us, I mean, I, I, I'll go back to I was I could not wait to play it, and it was just an unfocused mess for me. But I think it has become more focused over time. But unfortunately, that first impression counts, doesn't it? And some people absolutely live by it. You know, the online, a bit like for us when Halo is is all about online, not really about the single player. For other people, it is GTA was all about the online element I, of that. Yeah, one. Add real I, humans to the mix. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, the GTA Five like um, refreshed console, you know, for the new console is coming. Is it first six months of next year? And that's bringing promises, new content, and new ways to play. And it's it's a game that won't die. I mean, it's lived through a generation and a half yeah. so far. And it's and how many remakes they've you know resold that game so many times as well. It's just bonkers. And it's still amazing to play if you if you pick it up, whack it on it. It's great. I mean, it's eight years still. old. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was so revolutionary at the time. It's in that whole yeah. three way storytelling. It felt like an HBO movie that you sat and played. It was just amazing. It's almost yeah. like Half Life Three now. The, the 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 kind of the clamor for GTA Six. It's like oh, it must yeah. be next year. It must be the new consoles. <laughs> yeah. And it's like cricket. Rockstar are always two or three years behind where everyone thinks they're going to be, just because they, yeah, we'll when it's ready, it's ready. Um, unlike Battlefield. So uh, oh, we have come ouch. to the end of our notes. We have got some interesting releases. So Battlefield is coming out. We played the beta of that, and it, it had um, it was mixed. Um, let's put it that way. Uh, they've got a bit of work to do before release, and we've been playing the latest Halo betas as well, and and that's all gone swimmingly well. In fact, unbelievably well. So um, looking forward to those games, and obviously Horizon uh, is next up out of the box. Horizon Five, and and that for me is just I, I've been waiting for that for donkey's years it seems like it's still a long way off even though now it's probably down to about two and a half weeks um it must be i think it's first week november we talked about this yesterday weren't we uh, yeah, that's not very far away so um, yeah I, certainly i am very much looking forward to that game and halo in the run-up to christmas fifth so november bonfire night yeah so it really is only about two two and a bit weeks away then yeah three weeks yesterday there you go so yeah the bit was nearly a whole another week, but <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the end of our notes. Let's stop rabbiting on. Um, unless you've got a pick or anything else you want to highlight. Oh, no picks apart from Apple events and Techtober. I'm looking forward to, to maybe buying things. Techtober. Digitaloutbox.com is our website if you want to find out more info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us. Twitter also, uh, Digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK and uh, Ian, where do we find all your links? iandick.com lovely stuff thank you very much and well done to everyone who's got this far uh we will speak to you again relatively soon uh ta-da goodbye